Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and on today's show, we're going to be joined by the one, the only, Jonas Clark. Jonas, how are you doing, sir? Joe, I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks. Thank goodness there's not more of me, huh? Oh, man, I don't know if we could handle more than one Jonas Clark, dude. I don't think so. We we got some things to discuss, and let's go ahead and start off the show real quick and just get this out of the way. Jonas, you're going to be maybe leaving us for greener pastures pretty soon. It's gonna. It was a sad day when I found out that you did have your last day in the studio with the at the iHeartRadio uh, you know, station, and you weren't going to be there anymore. I almost shed a little tear for you, Jonas. <laughs> thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I know we're going to move on here, but thanks to everybody, you know, and thanks to you, Joe, for all the support and listening that you've done, uh, interacting with us and really appreciate it. And, and uh, you know, as a city of San Antonio, that made it feel like home and made me very comfortable uh, on air and my first on air opportunity. Yeah, it was amazing to have you. You were, you were so much fun to be around, you know, like when we would call into the station, we're already used to your familiar voice, you know, be like, hey, call into, you know, the Chris Duel show. Hey, Jonas. Hey, Joe. What's up? What do you want to talk about, bud? So right. I, you know, I want to talk to Chris about this. You know, it was like calling an old family member. I was like, Jonas isn't going to be there no more, man. What am I going to do? <laughs> Well, you'll be in good hands with, uh, you know, I know Sam Fries was filling in for me this weekend or this last week, Paul Kidwell. Uh, very, very good guys. So uh, the show goes on, you know, with, with Chris and with the sports grind. And um, I'm excited for them to continue what they're doing. And I'm excited to go on and do my own thing here, too. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye out, you know, for you wherever you land and whatever you do. I'll make sure that, you know, everybody goes out there, especially me, and I'll go ahead and support you and Keep an eye on your career, man, because we're, we're looking for great things out of you, Jonas. Well, I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks. I want to make the city proud. Oh, yeah. You've, you've already done that plus some, man. So kudos oh, to you, you, bud. Let's go ahead and talk about some Spurs basketball right off the bat because this is a sports podcast, and one of our primary oh, yeah. topics is talking Spurs basketball. So earlier today, word broke out from Sham Sharnaya that the San Antonio Spurs are going to be negotiating some new contract a new contract with DeMar DeRozan so that was interesting you know because DeMar is in the final year of his contract with the San Antonio Spurs so by negotiating they hope to that both sides can come to some type of an agreement which I think is a good move because I think the Spurs are interested to know if DeMar really does in fact want to stay here or if he's not you know happy he's going to say hey you know what it's been fun it's been real but you know I really want to go play somewhere else you know, maybe the Spurs have an, an idea of what they need to do. Maybe they need to either find more money if they really want to keep him, or maybe they should consider trading him if that's the case to make both both sides happy if he does, in fact, decide he doesn't want to play here. But my by all indications, Jonas, my feeling tells me though both sides will come to an agreement and he's going to remain a San Antonio Spur. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Joe, I'd really like to see it. You know, I'm a big fan of DeMar DeRozan. Um, what he did in Toronto, his time there, uh, slash or score, I don't think he's as clutch as I want and somebody that I'm going to be giving a lot of money to. But his leadership, you know, we got a lot of young guys on this team. And to have an, another all-star that kind of plays their game, it's one thing to have LaMarcus Aldridge on the team. But for a Lonnie Walker the fourth, or a Keldon Johnson, Quindary Weatherspoon, even a DeJounte Murray as he continues to come into his own, and Derek White, uh, 
DeMar DeRozan's skill set fits their game more than it does LaMarcus, you know, fitting their game. So the opportunity to have him there for them to watch and learn from, I think, could be really huge. The major questions for me are how long are we going to sign him for and how much money are we going to give him? Because uh, there's the the years, you know, we I mentioned those young guys, they're going to need their own shot here coming up, Joe. And we can't sink ourselves ourselves into you know salary cap hell uh, with these young contracts we're going to have to pay in a couple of years. Yeah, like we kind of did with uh, Paul Gasol and that overinflated contractor. Like you know, Bart likes to give uh, Patty Mills a hard time all the time. We uh, come into the season, he's like that. Patty Mills, you know, is his favorite topic because you well, know the, we kind of overpaid for him a little. You know, just a little bit, but the thing is, and, and I think we'll probably pay, overpay a little bit with DeMar DeRozan. Um, as he will be completing his second year, You there, there is a certain price that you, you have to pay for the corporate knowledge, right? So uh, giving Pau Gasol that extension was a part of that, you know, he has the championship blood. He know, He's been all the way. He's raised a trophy. Um, he knows what it takes. And then he's also been, it was a spur long enough to understand the system and coach it to other guys while playing within the system. And same thing with Patty Mills. So I think that as DeMar DeRozan becomes more comfortable, and that's going to be the question of him in this next role is, are you willing to take on a little bit more of a mentorship role and teach, not just perform? Yeah, exactly. You know, and the, one of the things I wanted to point out, DeMar DeRozan has a player option <clears throat> through the 2021 2020-21 season, it's yep. worth about $27.7 million. So that that is a good chunk of change there, you know? So it's either, hey, we're going to pay. Like you said, we're going to overpay. We're happy with him. We're going to keep him. Or the Spurs need to decide, you know, hey, can we get some value for him while he still, you know, has some, some trade value, in other words. You know, what are we going to oh, get yeah. for him? Are they going to get picks? Are they going to... You know, maybe get a, a couple picks or, or or another player that is comparable, plus maybe you know some salary relief. We really don't know what the scenarios could be, but at least you know they're learning what's going to happen or test the waters early on before the season even starts. That way, they at least have a gauge of where to go. Because in the past, with some of these other players like free agency, I don't, I hate to bring up that Marcus Marquise Morris situation, but that one was was dirty. He did us wrong. He didn't give him a heads up and in, in any indication that he had changed his mind and the Spurs had already made that trade, you know, by letting Davis Bertans go. We could have used him this season if we would have still had Davis plus all those other <clears throat> players. This this Spurs team, I think, would have been really, really good, you know, but it is what it is. It's a learning situation. So I think that the Spurs are playing it smart right now, as they should, you know, as they should. So we're just going to have to wait and see what what's going to transpire here, but you kind of like where everything's going, Jonas, that they are at least negotiating. That's, that's moving in the right direction, correct? I mean, most definitely, you know, it, and it's, it's just like any, any owner or, or front office team in sports, you know, even with players with behavioral issues like an Antonio Brown, you still have to talk to the guy. You know, he, he's super talented. He could bring something to your team. you got to turn over every rock. And so even though DeMar DeRozan might not um, provide everything that you need, if you already have him, he, he's, he's a top-tier free agent, you've got to at least talk to the guy. you got to see where he's thinking, where his head's at, and, and you've got to ask. 
you know, and, and I think that when you go back to the Marcus Morris, at the end of the day, we know he just wanted money. You know, yeah. it's, it's about hitting free agency as soon as possible. And I think that the Spurs front office got a little ahead of themselves in terms of trading Davis Bertans. I know, uh, you know, they did it to clear the, to, to, to make the money situation work. But, uh, you know, until he's ready to sign on the dotted line, you know, and you've got Marcus Morris over here, you just got to call up Washington, trade Bertans, and he can sign on the line here. Uh, I think they maybe got a little ahead of themselves. Um, he didn't seem very committed. Yeah. So, in other words, don't count your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> exactly. And and I think that's a situation to be cautious with with Demar Derozan here too. Yeah. So he can. And I, I again, I like the guy. I think he's a very good guy. I think he he has a lot of character. And so I don't think he's one to kind of you know mislead the Spurs in the way that Marcus Morris did. But you have to kind of think, you know, uh, he's got goals that he wants to hit in his career, too. And uh, another opportunity might come up. And so if he says, yeah, you know, I'm looking to I'm looking to stay a spur, but I don't want to sign anything right now. I want to see how the year plays out. That's a little bit of a red flag to me. And if the you know at the trade deadline, I'm still shopping his name around at that point. Yeah. You all can read a little bit more about this uh, topic on the Spurs, you know, discussing a contract contract extension for DeMar DeRozan. Uh, there's an article that was written by our good friends over at Project Spurs by my friend Michael A. DeLeon. Shout out to you. So make sure you all go check that out at ProjectSpurs.com. So moving on to our next topic. And you know we like to have fun on this show. And we can't always take ourselves too seriously because then that's no fun, you know? <laughs> right. So we asked a question earlier, you know, and, and I got some responses back. And I'm going to have to ask you, because, you know, we always put you in those nerd discussions that we do have on Twitter. Some of them get a little bit crazy. I'm not going to lie. You know, especially <laughs> my buddy Jeff Garcia, when you start talking Star Wars and you start talking about the new trilogy and you start mentioning the, you know, the last Jedi. That's like, I mean, that's oh, a yeah. spot for him. Don't even don't even get him started on any and of that. <laughs> the rise of Skywalker. He's, yeah. he's already pissed off. Yeah, he's gonna. He's not gonna go, dude. If he goes on day <laughs> one, and it doesn't meet his high expectations, he's gonna leave midway through the film. I told him he's probably gonna throw his soda at the screen and get kicked out. So <laughs> it's gonna well, be one I, of those. I think it's the same thing when you talk about you know you have to look at all players available. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've got to look at all movies available. So I yeah. think that. I, I take that bet, Joe. I think that Jeff is going to stay for the whole movie, but we can talk about that later. Hey, you know what? Maybe we should take bets, you know, like they do in Vegas. <laughs> Will Jeff make <laughs> it through the movie? <laughs> and, at, and at what point would he leave? You could you could just go ahead and set different benchmarks. First hour, do the right. over-under, 60 minutes, stuff What's like the that. Spread? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the spread look like? <laughs> we got to call Vegas. <laughs> that would be something. We need to do that. Make, make, make it legit. And like have him right there, hey man, you need to market. What time did you leave? Because we got bets going on here, brother. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but seriously, we're gonna go ahead and talk about Spurs and Star Wars, which is you know kind of funny, kind of weird. I know we're mm -hmm. we're like that, but we're gonna ask the question: If you're flying the Millennium Falcon, you know one of the iconic ships from the Star Wars series, and it always has a co-pilot. You know the the pilot is Han Solo. Co-pilot has always been. Chewbacca, you're Chewie. Okay, so let's say you're Han Solo and you're flying the Millennium Falcon. You're going into battle, a heated battle, you know, at that. 
who are you going to have as your co-pilot? And I said, you have to pick one of the Spurs, either current or former. Who would you go? Who would be your co-pilot? Who are you going to go into battle with, Jonas? Well, uh, not just because he's seven foot tall, um, but I, I think it would be cool to go with Jakob Pertl. Oh, and that might wow. that might seem out of left field, but he's a guy who's willing to do the dirty work. Uh, he hustles very hard, so, and, and he's reliable, you know. And I think that he's showing himself that way too. So uh, I think it would be really interesting to to co-pilot it up with Jakob Pertl, uh, Jakob and Jonas tearing across outer space. Hey man, but if you want to have fun and you want to do it in style, and be you know driving around the Millennium Falcon drinking some nice coffee. You would call him Boris Diaw. And that was one of the choices that somebody had sent in. They said they want to fly across the galaxy in the Millennium Falcon nice. with their co-pilot, Boris Diaw, because he's a cool cat. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could Hell see yeah, that. I'm down for it. I could see that. Be like, hey, man, where are we going to go next? Whoever has the best coffee. I need to get some refills, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he likes I, to drink wine, so... Go ahead. There you go. I don't know what kind of Joe they or like coffee Joe that they have on uh, Tatooine, but I don't. I don't know if it's, I'm interested. I don't know, man. If you go into a place like that, you know it's going to be mixed with a little liquor, the way Hutch likes to drink it. Hey, I'm okay with that Irish coffee. Let's <laughs> Irish <do it>. coffee. <laughs> Me and him had a discussion about that the last time I saw him. You know, if he <laughs> drinks coffee, he's going to put a little something something in it. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just so, uh, put a little half a shot of whiskey in there and start the day off, right? It depends on what kind of whiskey we're talking about. Because if it's cheap whiskey, it's going to be a long day. But if it's the good stuff, it'll be all right, you know? <laughs> I, I don't I don't drink cheap, cheap whiskey, Joe, so no, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> my man, that's my man right there. I don't drink the cheap stuff either, man. You can tell the right difference on. right away. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. It has a certain odor to it. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> just a touch. So who are who are you going to ride across the the uh, the outer the edges of outer space with, Joe? Uh, my co-pilot will be Tim Duncan, man. There, uh, you know, I got to go with there the goat, go. the big fundamental. He's a big time nerd, just like me. He's all reliable, <laughs> not really flashy, doesn't say a lot, but that's somebody you want to go to battle with because you know he's got your back. So I'm going to go to go to battle. I'm going to have my co-pilot be Tim Duncan. And uh, that was another nice. choice as well. Tim Duncan. I don't know who Jeff picked. Let me go ahead and check out who Jeff said he wanted uh, his co-pilot to be. I think Jeff was the guy who said uh, Boris Diaw. Oh, right on. So it, it doesn't surprise me, man. Because Jeff is like that, dude. Yeah, I think it was hey. Jeff. It was Jeff that said he wanted Boris Diaw to be his co-pilot. So, oh, well. <laughs> two of us got Timmy. You got a uh, Jakob Portal. So it'd be interesting to you know get some feedback from some of the other guys as well, and see who they chose. I wonder who who Hutch would choose. That's an interesting one. That would be interesting. Um, I think he'll choose Leia, dude. I don't know. Something just tells me, man. Yeah, but you don't get to choose Leia. You know, you gotta choose somebody in, uh, off the spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying you know Hutch, dude. He would say, "I'm going to choose Leia." He would throw, he would throw a, a little curveball at people, man. You know. <laughs> I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Well, so, if he gets to have Leia, then I want Padme. Oh, then, here we go. We'll make here a deal on that. Here we go. That's going to be a, a, a an after hours discussion there. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. 
let me get it. Let me go ahead and ask you, man. I gotta, I gotta ask you. You know, uh-huh. with all the the return of all these players that we have this season, you know, for the San Antonio Spurs, we have Dejounte coming back. It looks like we're gonna have the normalcy, where now you're gonna have your shooting guards playing traditional shooting guards, and you know, Bryn Forbes, and you're gonna have Patty Mills return to mm-hmm. that shooting guard position because now we have two <clears throat> legit point guards. You have not only Dejounte, but you also have Derek White. Who's been proven and doing? He did a great job last season as well. Mm-hmm. Given all these things, you know, we have some new acquisitions. We got a little bit of muscle now with Damari Carroll. Uh, so love that do, pickup. Yeah, that's a great solid pickup. I I love it too because I think it gives us a, a a good solid veteran who knows how to play the game. Someone who plays really good defense can get up there and give us some good rebounds or give us some chances to get mm-hmm. some second and third chance opportunities, which. We're getting killed on the boards last year, Jonas, with all that, you know, second and third chance opportunities. Given all these acquisitions, what do you think the Spurs are going to do this season? How do you think they're going to pan out as far as like their record goes or their seating uh, when it comes to post play? Well, Joe, I I don't want to make my record prediction before we get out of training camp this year because you got to see them first. um, Last year took a lot of it, it took a major hit in training camp and and I'm hoping the guys the best health possible. You know uh, okay. we have a great staff and and it seems like everybody's coming in healthy. Um, even Derek White got limited during the the FIBA World Cup, so um, hopefully he's going to come in fresh and and ready to go. Um, but I, I think that in the very competitive West, this is still definitely a playoff team. Now, I don't know who those eight are going to be. Uh, there's a, Again, it's a long season. There's a lot of things to play out yet. I want to see how some of these super teams you know, gel together. Um, how, how, do, how many minutes do Kawhi and, and Paul George play to start out with? And what do they look like when they're on the court together? Um, Houston. You know, and I know uh, lots of people are saying that Houston just has way too much firepower. They're going to get that number one seed. But they could implode from... from just all the drama in the locker room, and and I think that if they wanted to be successful, they would bring Russ off the bench, but that's not going to happen. Uh, just so much to play out yet, and I'm interested to see how rosters shake out. At that point, I'd be interested to make you know more more uh, confident in making a prediction, but yeah. I think that this is still definitely a playoff team. We've got the perfect combination of of youth and veteran leadership. Like you said, we got a little. A little stronger, a little tougher. You know, Pop got that nasty he's looking for. Yeah. Um, losing Davis Bertans and, and, and kind of trading his three-point production for the lesser three-point production of Damari Carroll, uh, how that registers in today's NBA is going to be very interesting to see. Pop still doesn't seem committed to the three ball. And when you look at, uh, when you look at championships, three balls win. You know, and, and and you have to be able to confidently shoot it, and I think that was what gave the Raptors the edge over the Warriors. Of course, Kevin Durant being down really helped too, but yeah. but especially you go right into Game One and they came out with the ball and they were putting up threes, and you put the Warrior, and when you can take that kind of lead early, you're forcing the Warriors to take threes rather than taking their confident three point shot. They're they're being forced into it and they can't quite keep up. So. Uh, the Spurs have a major test ahead of them, so Joe. Yeah, I think they do. But I'll go ahead and give you my prediction. What I'm <clears> thinking 
given everything that happened last season, given the pieces that they have this season, returning of, you know, some familiar faces and DeJounte Murray, I actually expect mm-hmm. the Spurs to win anywhere from 50 to 52 games. I don't there think they're going to go on a tear and win nothing crazy like 60-plus games. I think that's out of the realm of possibility there. Could it happen? It could, but more realistically, 51 to 52 wins is, mm-hmm. is a, a realistic expectation. I think I still expect them to be there, you know, anywhere from the sixth all the way to the, you know, seventh, even eighth spot in the West because it's going to be a tightly contested race. You have a lot of other teams who are, are solid are solid teams as well. And in Utah, you have the Clippers. We don't know how well they're going to do, you know. So there's the West is going to be a, a tight race. Even Sacramento is, is uh, geared up to make some noise this season. So you have those types of of young and upcoming teams, even the Denver Nuggets, you know, they were solid mm-hmm. last year. I believe they're going to continue that uh, this season as well. So Portland Trailblazers, you know, they didn't really lose much. So I, I kind of still expect them to be where they're at, you know, kind of hanging out around the, you know, maybe the fourth, the fifth seed, somewhere in that nature. So we'll just have to see how everything pans out. But I'm looking forward nonetheless to everybody else. They yeah, were now with the start of Spurs training camp that, Spurs basketball is is close. You know, it's going to be right around the corner. I can't wait. You know, I can't wait. I'm marking my calendar. And we also got the return of Taro. Our good friend <laughs> Taro Katani's coming. I saw that. Yeah. He's going to be here from October the 22nd, I believe he said, to October the 29th. So for at least the nice. first three home games. So he's probably going to make a return to uh, the studio with Chris. And, of course, we have a meeting with Mayor Ron Nirenberg because, you know, Taro is now the – you know, good friends with, with Mayor Ron Nirenberg. So. <laughs> He's an international ambassador for San Antonio. Yeah, so me and Chris just follow his league now. Oh, you got us a a, a meeting with the mayor. Okay, we're just going <laughs> along with you, man. <laughs> right. We're along, going along for the ride, Taro. <laughs> so right with on. all that said, we're going to go ahead and move on here and talk about some NFL football. That Thursday night <laughs> football game between the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. That was a what very... A interesting game man it was so good i didn't want it to end they were just going back and forth back and forth back and forth even all the way into the fourth quarter you know it was a battle (laughs) with like oh yeah i think it was like three minutes somewhere in that nature you know left a little less than three minutes left you Mm -hmm. get you know seattle gets the ball back you know it looks like oh man they just need to get a first down and this game is over they already iced it they didn't get the first down i think they uh they came up short. It was third and two. And it was an interesting play call because they let Russell Wilson go back in the pocket like he was going to pass. But at the last minute, the blitz came. He got caught. He didn't have nowhere to go or he couldn't run. So he kind of just throws the ball sideways, a little shuffle pass. And that was it. They were the 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 Rams defense was right on the Seattle mm-hmm. Seahawks player. I forgot who he flipped the ball to. And that was it. You know, they had to punt the ball on fourth down i mean they came up short at third and two with about i think it was a minute and 40 seconds left the rams get the ball back and they start marching down the field man it was interesting you know they just couldn't be stopped and then they they get in field goal position then they had a penalty so they lose a couple yards there and they go back i think was it five yards and you're like oh here we go man Mm -hmm. and then there, there you go the the seattle seahawks defense held them in check then the Rams kicker comes out. He's in field goal range. He's well within his field goal range. You know, 
Looks mm-hmm. like, man, this is going to be money. He kicks the ball. Wide right. And that's all she wrote. Rough to be a kicker, man. <laughs> <laughs> you could see his look on his face, and that's what I, f- I felt bad for the guy, man, because no, yeah. it's there, dude. You, you've made this. You can make this kick, you know, and your money, you, you go home, you're only down one point. At that point, Seattle was just beating the Rams 30-29, to 29, I think was what the mm-hmm. final score was. So if he would have kicked that field goal, it would have put him up with two points. 32 to 30 would have probably been the final score. 31, 30, something like that. Right, yeah. And, and I was just like, man, can these Seattle Seahawks have any more luck, man? As hard as they played and, and <clears throat> they come out with the win like that, basically the Rams gave them this one. I mean, what did you think about the game? I thought it was fun. I think it was great. And what I was most impressed to see was, I mean – Wow, Russell Wilson, right? Oh, man. You know, he could – and I know he he had something like six incompletions last night, but he could not have put that ball in better places for some of those catches, including that first one to Ty Lockett. Uh, oh, man. Even the announcers thought that he was throwing the ball away, and, he, and, and Ty keeps his toes in bounds, makes the catch. It was huge. But I think that – What's really interesting, and, and good teams will win the game in the end, Joe, and the Rams are kind of falling apart. Yeah. It, they, they, they lost to the Buccaneers. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I kind of uh, picked that win to happen <laughs> for the Buccaneers. Um, but uh, then they, you would think they'd come back and play Seattle a little bit more tough, you know, and they just they couldn't do it. So – uh do they do they have a problem right now i think that uh this is the time to find out i was listening to the monday morning quarterback last week and uh their po- their podcast and uh they mentioned just how uh, sean mcveigh was continuing to run the same offense as um just as needed you know he didn't really yeah. change a whole lot of things up from last year because you know they were kind of on a roll this year and as you know, we're going to try to make you, you know, just beat the game. I won't change it up until you show me you can't stop it. And then it gets stopped against the Buccaneers and now stopped by the Seahawks. Uh, is L.A. in trouble? That's the question I think we need to all be asking ourselves. Well, I heard Jared Goff talking uh, earlier today when I was listening to uh, Mike Taylor as I was dropping off my kids at school. And mm-hmm. they put a, you know, a quick soundbite of him talking to the media. Um, you know, right after that game. And he was saying, you know, hey, the Patriots started at 3-2, and two, and they still were able to go into the playoffs, and they won the Super Bowl. He doesn't mm-hmm. believe that his team is in trouble right now at 3-2. and two, But, you know, one of the things that did stick out at me in yesterday's game was the lack of the run game. The running game kind of all but yeah. dissipated, you know, and that had been the Rams' go-to. You had Gurley, you know, on a tear, doing great, and all of a sudden now... You're in this new season. They're they're three and two, which isn't a bad record at all. You know they just had no. a, a bit of bad luck. Maybe they can get things going again. You know, it doesn't still mean second that second in the division. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean that their season's over. It's just you know they had a little slide. Um, but the lack of the run game has been a head scratcher to me. Um, have you noticed that as well? <laughs> well, I think it's not just the the lack of the run game, but it's the lack of Gurley. Uh, last you know last year. 
uh, in the postseason. They went out and got C.J. Anderson, and he really helped them uh, make their way to the Super Bowl, even in the, in the the controversial NFC Championship game. Um, he produced a lot, and then he was and then he was just all of a sudden released again this offseason. They didn't bring him back uh, when we already know that Gurley has possible arthritis in his knees and he he's on a, a pitch count and stuff like that. He re- he was running really well at times last night. Uh but I think that Seattle showed why there's still a defense to be reckoned with, you know. Um Gurley has had a really slow season this year and I think that when you have a franchise quarterback and Jared Goff and they've gone out and they've acquired all these weapons in terms of, you know, keeping Cooks and and Robert Woods and uh, of course, you have uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, they got Everett out there now. The, the passing game should be doing a lot better. Uh, they just need to use the run to open the pass. And yeah. I think McVay's going to be. I think McVay's going to be okay. And I'm not really worried about that running game either. Gurley's not who he was. He's not a rookie of the. He's not what he was in his rookie of the year uh, campaign. But he's he's still a, a very serviceable running back. Um, if this streak continues where he can't p- perform, but I mean, the guy's still punching in touchdowns. He had two last night and at the end of the day, scores matter. Yeah, it does. So even though he might be a little banged up, you know, it, it's to be expected. And he's, you know, like you said, he's not a rookie anymore. So you're going to oh, get right. some miles. You're going to get some miles on you. You know, it's part of the game, especially at the running back position. You and he didn't come out hits. healthy from college either. You yeah. know, he already had the knee injury from college. So um, it's just showing. And I, and I think that this is just kind of showing even more why the Cowboys were in the right to pay for Zeke Elliott, who has remained healthy his whole career, knock on wood, uh, came out of school healthy. And he, he's he's going on. So when, when you talk about the comparison between him and Gurley, I think that we're starting to really see why the Cowboys do have the better back. And unfortunately, they had to pay for him. But the Rams will turn around the running game. I really think they will. Yeah, hopefully they do because, you know, you have a lot of Rams fans who are on the skids right now. But, you know, I believe that there's still hope for this team and they're going to be right there in the thick of things again when, you know, it's all said and done. So they're going to sure. go ahead and write that ship. So another thing I wanted to talk about is my Dallas Cowboys. As you can see, I am sporting the Dallas Cowboy hat. I have on my lucky shirt with the big mm-hmm. Dallas star on it. And yes, I'm still a Dallas Cowboy fan, even though they lost to the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> I know Dylan gave me a hard time because he says I was running my mouth doing all this talking. And I was like, I was just having some fun with them. You know, it's all in good taste. <laughs> I hear you. You know, it's and I don't think it's any uh, any loss to hang your head about. You know, yeah. it was still a great and you know, talk about another great game. Oh, yeah, it was a great game. It was a good defensive showing from both sides, you know. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for the Cowboys, they just couldn't get nothing going on the off, you know, really offensively. They had the one touchdown and then they had the field goal and that was about it. You know, kudos to the Saints. They still found a way to win, you know, even though the defense was playing really good for the Dallas Cowboys. But the Saints defense, they're no slouches either. And they played a hell of a game, you know. So right. it's one of these games that if you're not a true fan of football, it's low score, and you're going to be, oh, this game is boring. I don't like it, but that's what, what football's all about, man. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though it wasn't the outcome I wanted. But this week, the Cowboys are going to be facing Aaron Rodgers and the Green yeah. Bay Packers. They don't have a good track record <laughs> against the Packers. 
Especially against the great one and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I still remember him killing us when the Cowboys were in the playoff game. You know, with oh, yeah. less than what I think a minute left, and they left too much time on the on the clock. And sure enough, he came back to bite us in the ass, and that's all she wrote. So I think this is <laughs> going to be another game. Both teams have a similar record, um, and they're playing great. Ba- they're playing great, great football, basketball. I'm saying, great football this season. It's going to be a good matchup. What are you expecting to see, and how do you think the game's going to end? Well, I think it's going to be a, a big-time defensive battle um, for sure. You know, you have the the sec. I think that that second unit of the Cowboys when you get back into the the linebacking core and how they're going to to match up against the Packers is going to be the the defensive battle for the Cowboys. Now, on um, you know the Packers side of things, the Cowboys are without Tyron Smith. So uh, load that left side and, and see if you can just eat all day uh, on sacks because Dak's going to have to get that out of the pocket. And that I was a big that, loss. That was a big loss, too. That's a big boy out there. It's a big loss. And so what uh, What I think – and I, I think that Kellen Moore knows this. I'm not going to pretend that I'm an offensive coordinator, <laughs> but you've got to – but you've got to – he's got to bring Dak out of that pocket a little bit more because he's not going to be able to sit back there. You know, because even Lyle Collins is is coming in a little bit banged up this week, so you've got to you've got to get the ball out quick, and you've got to be more creative than you were last week against the Saints. We've seen a very, very, very dynamic uh, Cowboys offense this year, and they get a little cutesy with, with some fu- fun plays, and and it helps keep the defense on their heels. Yeah. And they've just got to get back to doing that. I don't know what the game plan changed, what they were seeing, what Kellen Moore was seeing differently, and why he was calling that Saints game the way he did. Um, but, it, I mean, it's just got to be more creative because otherwise, you know, you've got Mike Pettin, uh up there as defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And he's very experienced. You know, he turned the Bills into what they were for a while on the defensive side of the ball. And, and he's had a great, great success this year. And you're talking about an undefeated Packers team. So uh, I think that, uh, I think, I really believe that at the end, the Cowboys will win this game. Oh my but God. Got, <laughs> but it's got to, it has to come from the play calling. And of course, health. They've got to get out of this game healthy and they, they can't lose any more bodies. Yeah, you heard it here first. Make your bets. The Cowboys will <laughs> win by, I would take three, three points or more. Three <laughs> points or more. I knew you were going to say three. It's going to be by a field goal. It's probably not going to be a, a high-scoring affair. I, I think that it's going to be another low-scoring game. Um, I think the defenses for both teams are going to really step up. Uh, it might be the same. We might see the 13 to 10 game again, you know, so <laughs> this time, hopefully it goes in the Cowboys favor. I, I really don't know if it will or it won't, but I've got to tell you, man, for some reason, Jonas, I got to go with my gut on this one. I am a true diehard, uh, Cowboys fan. I love my boys, but I feel like the green Bay Packers are going to be a little bit too much for them, man. I Ooh. think Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way they're going to leave too much time on the clock. And once again, he's going to beat them, you know, and it's going to be in favor of the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers will 
beat the Cowboys 13 to 10. It's going to be a close game, but I got to give the edge to the Packers, man, because they've proven that they're not afraid to play in Jerry's world, you know? I hear you. And Joe, I'll tell you how confident I am that, uh, that the Cowboys will win this game. I'm benching Aaron Rodgers oh. in favor of Kyler Murray this week. I think Kyler Murray is going to have a better week in terms of fantasy in my league than Aaron Rodgers will against this Cowboys defense. I'm wow. buckling down on it. They've just got, I, I just need them to perform for me. The defense has to show up, but uh, the, the Cowboys will score at least two touchdowns. You think so? I'm only giving them a touchdown and a field goal, man. <laughs> Oof. That's brutal. That's brutal. Unless Zeke can get something going, you know, with that run game. Or, you know, maybe they should start, you know, passing to him a little bit more. He's proven that he's got some great, great catching ability, you know? He, he caught the ball about 10 times last week. It's just yeah. a matter of, again, it was all in check down passes because the, the Saints secondary had uh, Amari. You know, you look at Marshawn Lattimore and he had uh, Cooper just covered, covered. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup should be back this week. Um, I'm hopeful for that. I'm sliding him up into my starting lineup for my fantasy for one of my fantasy leagues this week. So um, I'm really hoping that we get to uh, see him back out there, see all the weapons that will help Randall Cobb remain open. Uh, this could this could be a statement game for the Cowboys yeah. and and renew America's faith that that seems to have been lost after An America's the team. <laughs> An America's team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I think Kellen Moore just got a little complacent against that Saints defense in that last game. I think he got scared. He wanted to try to protect uh, Dak. You know, he didn't want him to get mm-hmm. hurt because they were coming at him fast and furious. I think the average amount of time they had, and they even showed a graphic up there on the screen, was about two seconds. A little over two point something seconds, 2.34 or 2.4 seconds, or somewhere around there is the time that both both quarterbacks had to throw the ball. Two seconds mm-hmm. is is really fast. You know, you got to scour the field, see who you, who the open man is, and just try to get the ball out to them as soon as you can. And that's, I think, oh, yeah. is what scared Kellen Moore. He didn't want Dak to get hurt. So I think that's why he was calling the plays that he did so conservatively. And kudos again to the Saints. They did a, a wonderful job with their defense, and, and it forced the Cowboys, I think, to, to change their strategy. Now, Will it happen again? It could. If the Green Bay Packers play really, you know, amazing defense against the Cowboys, it could it could cause them to change their their strategy for the game. And maybe we'll see a return back to that horrible conservative play calling. I hope not, but <laughs> we could, man. And then everybody's going to be at, you know, going at Kellen Moore. Oh, he's going to he needs to be fired. And uh, here we go again. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I don't. It's still a little early to lose faith in Kellen Moore. Uh, yeah. The more that teams see his offense, the more they're going to be be able to make adjustments to it. It's just his job to then in turn make adjustments to their adjustments. Yeah, and it's a growing period for him. So uh, he's got a very good quarterback that he has in Dak Prescott that he has a great relationship with. The two of them have fantastic communication in terms of putting together the, the game plan. And um, I think they're just they're going to grow from that last loss, and and that loss could be a blessing in disguise because there's a lot of pressure that mounts as you remain undefeated. Um, there's a lot of pressure that mounts on that, and so uh, it was it was a good thing that I think that they took it against a good team rather than you know losing to somebody like 
the Cardinals or something coming up down the road. Yeah. So we're reaching the end here of our of our time with you here, Jonas. So before we go ahead and end this, we I made a, a quick joke that I put it out on Twitter. That Jonas Clark's new endeavor is going to be Bigfoot hunting. <laughs> There's a reason I put that out there, man. When I'm talking with Jonas, you know, and like, hey, man, got to get you on the show. And he's like, sure, man, no doubt. And he go, I tell him, hey, man, we do everything through Skype here on this show. You know, we, we use, we're real heavy Skype users. Mm-hmm. And Jonas is like giving me his username and everything on Skype. He goes, just, I think my, my profile picture is a Bigfoot. And I was like, no, <laughs> it is not. And I looked and I'm going to show everybody. It, in fact, is a Bigfoot. You can see it right there. It's a Bigfoot. Yep. That made me bust out laughing when I saw it on Skype. I'm like, I can only imagine. Jonas Clark's next endeavor, Bigfoot Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not going to harm him when I find him. I'll, I'll lay safe traps and uh, I'll bring the Jack's Link beef jerky so, so he'll pop out. So you're either going to run with Sasquatch or you're going to get eaten by Sasquatch. <laughs> he doesn't want to eat me come on i'll just take a bath in hot sauce i'll be too i'll be too spicy for him and you're gonna have good whiskey so that might you know turn him your way dude you might just be out there eating some beef jerky and drinking whiskey by the fire dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm getting all marinated up i guess yeah oh, there you go all right man so right before we go ahead and end this show where can everybody get a hold of you on social media and talk sports and life and just about anything else with you well, uh, of course, on Twitter, I'm there all the time. Uh, opinions on Browns, Spurs, anything NFL, uh, even as we come down the postseason with uh, with baseball, who's going to win that championship. And I'm really excited for some Rampage hockey here locally. Uh, of course, be keeping an eye on the Blues there. So at Jark Clonus, J-A-R-K-C-L-O-N-A-S, uh, follow me on Twitter, if you're interested, there's not a whole lot of content on my Instagram, but my Instagram is my name really is Jonas. Uh, I've got some pictures on there from uh, going to Renaissance festivals, which is a hobby of mine, or um, from my days in uh, working the, with the promotions department in radio, all kinds of mu- musical artists I've met and stuff like that. And I hope to get some more content going on here as uh, you know, I get to explore some more of San Antonio. So uh, those are the places to find me for sure, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for coming on. You know, next time I have you on the show, we're going to have to have you your your own intro music like they do with Andy Everett. We got (laughs) to do the Weezer. We got to do the Weezer uh, song. My name is Jonas. Okay. (laughs) I am 100% down for that. I I thought you were going to say you're going to play some Jonas Brothers, and I was getting worried. No, man, I wouldn't do that to you, my friend. (laughs) We got to stay classy here, man. We're going to get you some uh, some Weezer, dude. And you like Weezer. I know you're down with that. I do. It was, it was, a, I got, I actually got to see him run over, run over wrapping up really quick, cool story. I got to see him last year, yeah. uh, play up in Austin with my sister. She flew into town. Uh, so we saw him perform at the Austin 360 Amphitheater. And they, they played My Name is Jonas is one of their last songs. And I just <laughs> basked in it because uh, I, I, I could hear them singing to me. Yeah, that's my song. You're over there with the beer in your hand. My name is Jonas. <laughs> exactly. It's my name is Jonas. You know, so that's that's why my my name really is Jonas on Instagram. Yeah, there we go, man. For real, dude. Next time we get you on, we're gonna have that intro music queued up just for you, Jonas. Well, I look forward to it, Jeff. Thank, or Joe, thanks. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, dude. Hey, and they can always follow us. You know, at Two Shots Podcast. 
And we like mm-hmm. talking anything and everything related to the world of sports, entertainment, or whatever else you want to talk about. And you can follow us again at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also on YouTube, which is where I'm going to be posting this video as well. And it's Two Shots Podcast, and it's all spelled out. T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast. So for Jonas Clark, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for listening to and watching another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.